Truthfully, what happens is, as children grow up, we start to educate them progressively from the waist up. And then we focus on their heads, and slightly to one side. I think of the old days. You were better off. Because nowadays, they're all specialists. Everyone's becoming better and better. And less and less. And eventually, someone's going to be superb. Like nothing. Our education systems have mined our minds in the way that we strip mined the earth for a particular commodity. And for the future, it won't serve us. We have to rethink the fundamental principles on which we're educating our children. We're not here to tell everybody that they're wrong and we're right. We're not saying that we have all the answers, but um, we'd like to present a different way of looking at it. Mr. Chu, the majority of Western schools come to China, offer a Western-style education with Chinese methods, including language. It's a strategy that seems to be working. Now, just this is obviously not your type of school because you're a Chinese-founded school mm -hmm. and you're adding some international characteristics to it. But also in this game now we have, which I have experience in, a Western school coming over and wanting to take advantage of this growing marketplace with a very young population. Yeah. And so what they do is they, they come in and they create, again, a bilingual type strategy, but coming at it a little bit from a different angle. So as I said, 70-30, more towards the, the British way. Mm -hmm. And again, what's better? I guess time will tell. Yes, time will tell. Uh, and another is the audience. You just think about the audience. I believe the 70 per 70, uh, 30 percent that will work for the students who are able to listen to English. Mm -hmm. So a lot of students, and then one, especially in the new school, they need students. So to just to recruit the students who are not able to um, complete their curriculum. That's the problem. That's a bad idea, isn't it? Yes, that's a very bad idea. So for our school, that's how mm, who is your target students yeah. right if the 70 30 uh, percent that's ratio school their target should be the students can speak English a very good level very right? good and they can listen they can learn math those kind of very abstractive yeah, yeah. and then come the academic stuff in English right if the students could not speak English well and you force them to listen to English I think we're wasting the children's time at on math but maybe maybe they think okay um, this good for them to learn English but it's math class mm. we could not slow down the students their academic progress yeah so that's why our school is still bilingual but uh, we the bilingual, uh, the English in our school will be English, and then we have unit of inquiry, and then PE, arts, drama, and music. Mm -hmm. Those kind of is, um, they can explode um, things. There is not very clear standards like math. They're very clear standards. You have to pass this level according to the national curriculum. Yeah. So otherwise, the students have no chance to transfer to other school because in this particular school slow them down mm. right yeah and i just think to myself what would i be if i was chucked into a classroom where i didn't understand anything that was being said yeah and it 
enjoy their how, confidence. Well, that that is one element of it, isn't there? So yeah, that's a it's a, a real challenge, and I can't say I, you know, I, I've seen that, uh, and I I do feel for that as well. Um, and a lot of students they are very fragile now, and they if they can't listen to, they will think they're stupid, mm-hmm. and they destroy their confidence. And if they slow down, they have they also always have their other friends, and the other friends get like ninety mm-hmm. out of hundred on their exam. They only get seventy. Or eighty, they they will feel am I am I bad? Right? Mm, mm. They will question themselves. Um, got to read this. Apparently, um, a director at a school, a bilingual education institution in Beijing, mm-hmm. it offers various subjects to Chinese students. Said mm-hmm. uh, when the Chinese uh, education methodology meets the Western style, there are usually uh, conflicts. Um, I think conflicts can be positive, though, yeah. um, through um, through differences in opinion. We can come to new ways of thinking. Chinese teaching is about repetition and exams, it says, while the Western style is about discovery and discussion mm-hmm. and openly looking for the answer rather than having the answer given to you.、Um, I got to say,、uh, from my knowledge of things, the teachers coming over from England, America. It's, Yeah. A lot of teaching to the exams happening where I come from now.、Mm-hmm. We can't just isolate and just say it's happening in China. Yeah.、Um, yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah.、Um, do you like that rap? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that's true. That's true. That's very true. And that's why we learn from each other's culture and the way of education.、Mm. So,、um, just a, like assessment. So when we come back to say American and.、Uh, British, the way how they can apply their university.、Um, England highly depends on how much you get on their, your A levels.、Mm-hmm. American, they branding themselves don't like. They don't care about the the SAT or some APs. Oh, you can say the Harvard,、yeah. Princeton, or、oh, those successful applicants. They all get almost a full score on their SATs. So SAT and those scores always important. So, but the Chi- in Chinese way we say that we just put it too heavy. They thought the assessment will be the only thing they need to do. So that is not wrong、mm-hmm. because the culture and the situation of the country, a lot of population they all, they have to have something to select it、mm-hmm. in the people, right? So. But now, about discussions, shared opinions, critical thinking, and then、uh, in innovative, those things is the Chinese education should learn. And I think Chinese education field experts or the the minister already say that they they know it.、Mm. So、uh, the new Chinese national standards will publish this one,、uh, maybe next year. So、uh, they will. Talk about how say how how to do cross disciplinary education, how to make the connection from the knowledge to the to the real world.、Um, that will be a big topic in the new national. It's、country. coming.、Uh, is this probably going to come out next year, right? Yes, twenty twenty two. Yes.、Um, when was the last? When were they last redone? These national standards. We're talking many、mm. years ago, or. Like two thousand three. Okay, so so this is big, yeah. This is going to be a whole new. Yeah. Your job's going to get very challenging, isn't it? When、yeah. they when they drop. 
But when, when we look at the 2003 national curriculum, yeah. they still encourage like thinking, yeah. discussion about the things. Just how the school implement them. It. The, the curriculum, the national curriculum, is encouraged a lot. How it's interpreted. Yes. And then how, how the reality. If yeah. they're still using standardized tests to select the students who can go to college, mm. it will not change much. Yeah. yeah. And of course, Beijing is very far away from Zhuhai. Yeah. So when the, the message comes, it can be rather clouded, can't it? But now educational policy will implement strongly and then not will be reduced yeah. the power. That, that, that I absolutely agree with that one. Yes, um, I can see that very much being the case. And, and, and those are good things for yeah. the classroom. Um, here's a good example, just going back to the maths. Mm. This same guy goes, when teaching a maths problem, he would sometimes encourage his students to explore different answers, mm. um, only to be told by some of them that their Chinese teacher already told them one fixed answer. He said situations like these might make the learning process more difficult for the students who are handling two sets of ideas at the same time. Now, again, this is like looking at this bottle and saying, OK, it's a Sabon water bottle. Wonderful. But again, looking at it from different angles, although that's right, what else could we possibly say about this? And I wonder, as this maths example shows, does this not move into this very st stereotypical idea that a Chinese student and the way they learn in China pulls down that creative kind of way of looking at things from different ways. Mm -hmm. um, just like you did with the analogy. Mm -hmm. uh, you broke it apart and said, well, look, good analogy. I have another one. Yeah. Um, I just wonder again, is that really the truth? Do we really think that's happening? Is China really, really that uncreative? Is there really no discussion going on um, in classrooms? Mm. Okay. Um is uh, this quotation is not nonsense this is the first thing i say and the second i will say it's not hard severe yeah like what he, the quotation says um i want to listen to a lot of good teachers we have like excellent teachers uh, in the cities in the country wise uh, when i listen to them they always encourage the students uh, think the question in a different way to mm -hmm. answer it from different angles. They always to do that. That's why they're good. Mm -hmm. And then in some very simple teacher, not simple, uh, first tier or fr fr not tier, first from, uh, from, from line, from line, like new teachers or new teachers or some rural area teachers okay, yeah. with the teachers not educated very much they prefer to one fixed answer a standardized teacher <laughs> yeah yes 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 you're right the standardized the standardized exams yeah. yes because how the teacher gets evaluated is standardized test and that's that that's the problem with the system isn't it it's yes who could and fault them for it really yeah and then the teachers also maybe because their own academic level is not that high they don't have the ability to guide mm -hmm. the students but they have to ensure, assure, all the students can get a question right. Mm -hmm. Nothing goes wrong. So easy things is one answer. Yes, right? indeed. Yeah. They would say, okay, you can think the different way, how we manage it. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah. So the good teacher have the able to manage the different answer and get able to explain why and guide it to the correct path. So they can do that. But some standardized teacher or uh, the factory teacher, the factory teacher, yeah. they can only do one thing. Make sure so that he will not or she will not make anything wrong. Yeah, I totally get it. R- really good points there. That word you use, you know, how how do you manage more than one answer? You know, yeah. big countries, a lot of people. We've got to sort them out somehow. And I think not just China, but I think we're going to realize worldwide soon that we can't manage it. Yeah. And sometimes we might need to think that's okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe what we need to do is we need to manage to make sure that these children growing up manage themselves. And they don't need to have always this big controlling eye. You go back to Big Brother 1984. Mm. 1984 could be rewritten and said 2021, couldn't it? But we won't won't get into that. Um, But totally get where you're coming from. Maybe in the pursuit of creativity and really becoming who human beings really are, which is magnificent creativity, Mm. um, that we might need to get off this trying of controlling and managing and always looking at it through data which has become massive isn't it now data that's a whole other subject Um, to encourage students creativity that is depends on their teachers mm -hmm, right mm. I think teachers should be have the awareness that making wrong is not an issue yeah that's how people learn good point yeah and then in the young school we we borrow there is a a expert is math teacher uh, from Beijing and then his on is his philosophy called means uh, uh, you educate the children through the problems through the wrongness um, yeah so don't if the student gets something wrong you shouldn't say oh it's wrong what is right mm-hmm. you just explain and listen to them why do you think why are you thinking that way Mm-hmm. And then, okay, can we think in the other way? Just like not a um, white and black. Yeah. Just a white. Okay. Why do you think it's a white? Is there any thoughts? Um, the student may say, okay, maybe gray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The challenge is, though, like you say, all that very well, like it a lot. But if that teacher gets X amount of R&B a month mm-hmm. because of the children getting X percent in their exam, they ain't going to sit down and talk about grey, are they? Yeah. They're going to say, right, <laughs> that's black, this is white, right, move on, next. <laughs> <laughs> that's, exactly, yeah, you're, yeah. Right. Okay. you're right. But none of that's going to be happening in your school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it will not. Because we, we gave a lot of money okay. to teachers. And then, you do find that around the world, China provide the better salary, social status, and then uh, living environment, respect for te- for teachers. to teachers yeah. very well. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Why, why do you think we're here? <laughs> <laughs> yes, so even this, the best, uh, not best, um, on the labor market, mm-hmm. the, on the top of the labor market, the mm-hmm. people still not willing to do teachers. Mm-hmm. Even even here, how in America, I think people willing to do finance banking, and there's mm-hmm. nothing they can choose. They may choose to do teacher. 
Mm. But teacher paid very less. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's a really stressful job. Very stressful. In England, they actually have a teacher's hotline um, if, if you need to speak to someone. You know, because oh, uh, counseling, counseling, yeah, kind of. You need someone to speak to, um, uh, non-judgmental. Uh, again, another story which <laughs> we're going to veer away from from now. But look, regulations. Mm-hmm. You, it's very strict um, in your bilingual school. You have to follow certain things um, from the ages of six to fifteen years old. The Chinese children or international children who are in your school has to follow uh, compulsory years from grades um, one to nine. Mm-hmm. And um, well, let's be 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 very d- down about this. Uh, notably, this has to be in Chinese uh, history, uh, geography. Um, well, mathematics doesn't necessarily have to be, but there is a all the core compulsory focus. education courses should be offered. And then they doesn't in. Um, I think there's. There's no policy indicates we, they have to uh, taught in which language. No. no, but but there is history and geography and morals have to be in Chinese. That's what I've been told. Uh, math, no policy says that. Really? Because no policy says you should say uh, taught in Chinese or English. Because there in the national compulsory education, there's no English taught subject. Except English. English, yeah. So the policy does say that. So bilingual school, why do that? How a international teacher to teach Chinese history? That'd be quite interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. 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 Because the history, of course, would be Chinese. It's it's not you know like we have social studies, cultural studies. We yeah. talk about countries and mm-hmm. history from different perspectives. Um, but you're right there, I see the challenge. Now, geography, on the other hand, I mean, uh, we could come in as a, as a foreigner and we could have a look at your national curriculum in geography. And, but again, I don't see that. It always seems to be the core English, science and maths. Not in your case, of course, you're doing in Chinese. But the geography, the morals, the history Ge- is... Geography in Chinese textbook, it doesn't always geography. There's some cultural stuff. Yeah. And then how the people, uh, the living style as well. So it's not easy for a foreigner to do that, to explain. As a foreigner, I tell Chinese students what is Chinese culture. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, for many years I've been digging in China to Chinese teachers. So, well, what actually do you teach in morals and geography? And of course everyone's too busy, they don't want to talk to Chris, but um, maybe one day I'll get to know about it. it. It seems to be this kind of, I don't know, this cupboard where things are kept and the Chinese teachers deal with it. I almost wonder, are you hiding something, you know, special or magical or, or maybe the other way around? I don't know, Mr. Chu, but the regulations, they are a challenge, are they not? Yes. The, I think the, the regulations now is a challenge for all private schools not only bilingual schools, mm-hmm. all private schools. Um, before like 2015, before 2015, and then some private school can have more flexibility on their curriculum, but after that, and especially after um, September this year, and then the new like a law about private or um, Private education will be get effect. Private English schools, for example, Not as well. English, it's been all the schools. Yeah, all private schools. A lot. It has. It's been becoming much more strict. Yeah, yes. in terms of what exactly are you teaching? 
Yeah. Yes. Yes. So in Hongqianyang School, in our school, uh, we follow the re, uh, regulation fully. So all those uh, compulsory education courses will be taught in Chinese. But that's not your. You can. You don't have to choose to teach it in Chinese. You do. You oh, you actually have to. Yes, I think because, um, yeah, once they have to, the law doesn't indicate that. But how the local bureau interpreted that? Oh, they interpreted it again, like we were saying earlier, that it should be compulsory in Chinese, right? Yes. Um, how how can I make it more clear? Um, because it doesn't mean you. Nobody tell you yeah. what you should to do. So most of the people choose a conservative yes. method. Could we say it's rather grey? Uh, grey area? Yeah. 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 There will be. We'll stick to the grey. Let's be creative. Not not grey, just how the local bureau interpret that. We just follow the um, instruction from the local bureau. And as a new school in a new area, um, I mean, the EDB, the Local Education Bureau, it doesn't just affect Hunchin, it's all over Zhuhai, right? No, Hongjin, they what? have their own... Their so own they area. have their own separate one? Yeah, okay, one. Well, and again, that brings a whole new set of challenges to where you are here, where we are now. We're yeah. not in that um, district. Mm-hmm. So, my gosh. Um, it's a challenge. Uh, we're not know what happened, but uh, we, the school choose the, um, the conservative method and then we offer the compulsory education courses mm-hmm. in Chinese. Yeah. Are you going to be doing the Zhongkao and the Gaokao, your students? Will they have the choice? How that, how's that going to work, Mr. Chi? Zhongkao being the kind of middle school national exam, yeah. the Gaokao, the high school one. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say Zhongkao first. Okay. So the Zhongkao, the students, when they go to the grade 9, the last year in the middle school, mm-hmm. they choose um, whether you want to go um, Chinese national curriculum high school or you're thinking about to go to international high school you can choose different classes but all the students will take the Zhongkao okay. uh, Zhongkao now sort of like graduate exam mm-hmm. so the Zhong, the high score the Zhongkao classes they need the score to apply for a good high school but in an international pathway court classes they doesn't need to go call score to mm-hmm. go to international high school but they will take the exam that's yeah. the only difference is one they all take the exam one is need a score to go to the high further education one doesn't and I, I think you're well placed because your school your campus will have the ability when they do the John Cow, to then say, hey, with obviously with the parents, make the choice, will they either go the international route and go into like Dulwich College, yes. Dulwich, or will they go the Chinese route and go into the, the Chinese high school, which, yes. al- which also you have yes. on the same campus, right? In, on the same campus. So it's like two doors, with like one country, two systems. <laughs> <laughs> Just a one door, yeah. only one, one door, door. Two, two buildings. Yeah, okay. <laughs> And, um, and, and then if they go into the door where it's the Chinese curriculum again for high school, then they'll go on and do the Gaokao mm. Chinese University. If yes. they don't go the Chinese way, they go into Dulwich, they'll do GCSEs, British A-levels, and then they'll go abroad. 
yeah. um, so much. Yeah. For the Gaokao side, we also offer like arts and the sports um, route. Um, they have specialized uh, for uh, the drawing or music, so that they can require the less on the Gaokao score. Um, and also, we offer we're planning to offer the DSE, the Hong Kong Diploma of Secondary Education. Mm-hmm. And this program allow the Hong Kong students to apply Chinese mainland university, Hong Kong, Macau, and overseas university as well. Oh, interesting. Yeah. New route, yeah. new portal. Um, is that new, by the way, this idea of taking a, say, more artsy, art, music, um, sport, and then that can actually be put towards your Gaokao score? Is that a new thing? Kind of uh, like it's a... not new, so it's always there. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know about that. For example, if you need a hundred, uh, 550 uh, under Gaokao to go to Jinan Dashu, mm-hmm. like a university in Guangzhou, mm-hmm. and if I am arts or sports students, I can want my major score to pass the line. I only need like 350 maybe. Because you've got that skill that you can bring to the school in music yeah. or something like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that happened to a very small percent of Chinese do. Yeah, it's a small percent. Are you looking to further your career in education? Teach Now offers a convenient online teacher preparation and master's degree program completed anywhere in the world. Reach Now for Teach Now. Ain't no time for defeat now. Teachers get off your seats now. Future generations need you now. Work with people all over the world in a collaborative, activity-based teaching environment. To learn more, visit teach-now.edu. Expertise that is really outside of the box. Now, Mr. Chu, you look like you're falling asleep. No, absolutely you're not. Um, I know I'm keeping you. But let's just move on. Meeting market needs. So we've got very, very, um, how do you say, invested parents in China, uh, and much more so, I think, than in England and America. Uh, Mum or dad is around a lot and very interested in what the children are studying and also why I'm maybe spending a lot of money for this bilingual education. So for all the reasons we've talked about with these international Chinese private schools, parents expect that teachers delivering the learning to have good skills and experiences. Um, So there's a demand, is there not, for high proportion of foreigners, native English-speaking teachers, at your Chinese international-style private schools. Now, not just good teachers, but teachers who can deliver a blended dual curriculum with sufficient expertise in Western-informed pedagogy. We're talking about things like inquiry-led, student-led, the good old collaborative learning. Um, This is apparently an important characteristic of the best premium schools. Uh, Now, the issue is with COVID and this whole pandemic, it's more difficult now, is it not, to get good qualified teachers in to fill these positions and the high expectations of... You're right, you're right. How are you working on that? Yeah, how's that been for you? And this year I need 14 expat teachers. So at the beginning I get all of them and I recent the two weeks, four or three, three of them, decided not to come because mm-hmm. all, the, all the, those bilingual schools are looking for teachers inside in China so they just compete each other so now it's becoming a, a betting match isn't it yeah. these teachers are thinking look you pay me this okay now you pay me that 
That's what I'm hearing from speaking to leaders. Not yeah. a good position, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this gave me a lot of challenge. But uh, um, our school didn't really raise the salary because of that. Mm -hmm. So because we don't want to hurt the old teacher's failure. Right. Well, yeah, of course, that's something you need to think about. Yeah, I don't. We we don't want to hurt that their feelings, and then another thing is they should say how they they should have reasonable expectations. If the one the border is open, more teachers coming, they will lose their job, mm -hmm. right? And because <laughs> they're always finding some one the teachers looking someone pay more, mm. the teacher looking for someone pay less. And also with some good quality. Um, yeah, it's it's hard. I just tell them the vision and how the management system in our school with the pro professional development we can offer. We hopefully, yeah, we do uh, stay stay some teachers here. Um, I I love their attitude. That's a working ethic. I mean, that's going to be a challenge. I I hope not for the considerable future mm -hmm. I hope things do open up again but who, how who do we how do we know what's going on but this is it's certainly a challenge that yes you've just attested to you're having this issue this is um, some research here we like to have a bit of research in these yeah. podcasts uh, it says international the growth of teachers is, is massive there's more um, supply of these types of schools we're talking about so there's going to be more demand for bringing these teachers in it's hard because you can't bring teachers in yes. uh, at the moment um, so you have to deal with the ones that are already in here and they're not stupid they're wanting to make more money um, but apparently uh, around 64,700 teachers are going to be need to be employed at China's international schools in the 2023-24 academic year, um, at least 37,000 of who will be foreign teachers. Okay, so it's also involving local um, Chinese teachers in that. So 37,000 teachers, of which I'm one of them. Um, it's, a, it's a lot. Yeah, um, it's a lot. When you think about China's population, it's nothing, but um, it's a lot. And um, listeners, Mr. Chu was wiping his forehead when we started talking about recruitment challenges at the moment. Um, and again, it's finding good teachers, but also keeping them, isn't yes. it, as well? Yeah. And that is hard, however much of a vision you give them, right? That's true, that's true. Um, we do have some disadvantage to keep good teachers like you. Because we could not offer so many free tuition for... Well, it's because I have too many children, isn't it? Yeah, That's for, my problem. For a basketball team. <laughs> <laughs> they could have got a basketball scholarship. You never offered me that. Now you, you, now you have four children? Yeah, I think so. so yeah, and plus you, you may have the one more in the future. No, no, no. You have like, a no, team. That's, that's you, for you now, you Mr. You have a basketball team. You take the baton on, yeah. <laughs> How many do you have? Two. One. One, yes. Clever man. Yeah. That's why you're about to become assistant principal. Uh, but yes, it's, it's about trying to keep them, the, the, the retention. And I think it's very difficult. I think another thing with, the, with this whole pandemic is that teachers come over here thinking that they can travel around Asia and see China yeah. and go back to see mum and dad and mm -hmm. brothers and sisters once a year. They can't at the moment. Yeah, no, they can't. Very sad. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's very sad. And um, as I said, let's fingers crossed that all this madness is pushed away and we can just get on with... Uh... Yeah. And also some teachers that I want to interview and also my friend, teachers of my friends, um, they, they have a longer commitment to stay in China now. So they feel safer. Mm -hmm. That's the flip then, side, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and the living, 
the people are friendly and the living is not expensive. They, when they live there, they feel have more hope mm-hmm. to stay in here. Mm. Yeah, yeah I, I, there with you on that quality of life. I mean, well, you know, I've been here for quite a while. All my children yeah. are born here. I have a lot to thank um, for your um, lovely country. So another challenge, and I think you're going to agree with me on this, yeah. is the upskilling of Chinese teachers. And it's going to be a key to this successful expansion in China of these schools, bilingual schools. How are you going to upskill um, the Chinese teachers? Because let's be honest, you can bring in 37,000 foreign teachers, post-pandemic, uh, pre-pandemic, whatever. Mm-hmm. But essentially, the backbone of the success of these bilingual schools is going to be in the local teachers yeah, right. and the local Very teachers' good. talents. You know, I'm not, my vision is big enough to see that. And there's a wide range of ones I've worked with over the years. Like there's a wide range of, of foreign teachers. But you alluded it to it earlier as well when you were saying about the homeroom teacher, this idea that comes from very much a Western pedagogy of how to get the Chinese local teachers into understanding that process, that more holistic way. It's a challenge, right? Yes, it's a challenge. That's not the t- how those teachers grew up. And also, um, it's not how they get trained at their teacher college. So how are you going to meet this challenge, you think, moving forward? Mm-hmm. So now, firstly, we recruit a lot of stu- uh, teachers that study abroad and come back, mm-hmm. as, like me. And then they know what is homeroom style and then how to do pro- project-based learning, purpose based learning with the um, conversation style or how to include the students to share your opinion and feel confidence a lot of time the teacher feel should be f- should feel confidence when the students say something differently mm-hmm. and then that is a key thing that is kind of mindset so that's a one um, students that are brought that's a one solution and the second is uh, to keep giving the professional development Sometimes the Chinese teacher, local teacher, they know how to do. They just a lack of the awareness and the mindset, and then uh, their understanding, lack of their understanding. So when we give some training for those teachers, we use a transformative education, this methodology called transformative, mm-hmm. and more like to change people's behavior. So the from you tell from telling. So mm-hmm. you tell them and they know it. So more like cognitive. And the second step is a social emotion. Like uh, more like whether I feel comfortable, whether I feel happy with it, where I feel okay with it. And the fourth step is um, why really make the, the action. I can take the initial and really do it. And then the fourth, the behavior changed. So that is um, cognitive, emotion, and action. So that's three. And, this, and so this training happens, was just a one-off type of training you do? Or this is something that goes through the year that your local staff will be involved in? It's a kind of long-term that's growth That's a mechanism. very, very long time. Yeah. Long-term. Because you want to change people's behavior and yeah. mindset. It's never easy. No. Like marriage, you never change your mind. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, um, but the work, work is not always the person. Work have um, regulations and, and 
an evaluation that you do. You just tell them to do, and then when they really do it, they feel okay. Um, I can do it. Just mm-hmm. a follow. Mm-hmm. So the long term. I think also work with many Chinese. Whether we call them assistants, um, we call that co-teacher. Here. Co-teacher here, we call them. Um, um, uh, cripes, I'm, I, I forgot. It's been a hard year. Um, practitioners, CPs, uh, clinical practitioners, classroom practitioners. Oh my God, there's a hard name. So many, so many different names. Um, but they're very important and essential in a bilingual environment because as foreign teachers, we don't, a lot of us don't have the Mandarin skills to be able to. You know, to um, to teach in that language, so we need our assistants, our co-teachers to co-teach. Sometimes, of course, there's the the problem there with the role of the lineations. If you're a co-teacher, then does that mean they're teaching? Yeah, there are a so, lot of ways. Uh, a lot of ways. The co-teaching, the the patrol, or you you just research about that. We have a, a seminar talk about that. And again, like the different bilingual schools, it's. The hole, the rabbit hole runs very deep. But I would say looking to the future, as we bring this podcast to an end, Mr. Chu, is talking about the co-teachers and the difficulty with foreign teachers, finding them now, finding good ones. Surely the future is to get more and more trained bilingual teachers Mm. from China Mm -hmm. to replace the expensive, moaning, Time-consuming and disruptive uh, foreign teachers, right? Uh, there is a trend and a prediction about that, but I don't think so. Because bilingual, once you bilingual teachers, the teachers have the ability to speak Mandarin and English, but the mindset, the way, the culture awareness, and how the people. How the the expat teacher to interact with the students? They're differently. Um, so they always. One way say we offer bilingual education is not only language, not only knowledge. They're also about uh, global awareness mm-hmm. and their international understanding. Mm-hmm. So those international teachers they also contribute in this part, mm-hmm. which is, could not be easily replaced by those bilingual teachers. Even by a robot. Even if you got a robot. No robot. A Chris yeah. robot. Yeah. <laughs> We'd have to program it yeah. first. But talking about trend, mm-hmm. from the years I've been coming here and seeing Juhai change mm-hmm. exponentially, there, was, there is a trend that I saw in the early days when I came here. There were a lot of what I would call foreign businessmen uh, corporate on corporate family contracts, so they'd come over here to work for the foreign companies, the MTUs, the EPCOSs, and they'd be on a really nice package. The kids would get schooling. Um, they'd obviously be the leader in the factory and um, the, the link with uh, with their operations at HQs outside of China. But that over the years, the trend has started to decline. And what you see more is now is Chinese middle management, Chinese leaders stepping up now to take those original positions that the expats would come in to do. Yeah. So I know you alluded to it that you, you hear there's rumours that this might happen, and I kind of said it rather tongue-in-cheek about getting rid of us. Mm-hmm. But I think you will... Let's look in the future here, the next 10 years, 20 years, I think you will start to see a decline. Yes. Yes. It's only natural, right? Yes, I think. 
This will be natural for the business because the come out the result of the um, the business is earning the money, getting the money, right? Mm -hmm. If the Chinese leadership or managers they already get trained well, they know how to make the money for the company and with less salary package and labor labor cost, mm -hmm. it definitely will change. That's to say the result. How about the school? If the school's result is only language and academic, if this those kind of school, their that is their goal, mm. the definitely they will choose some more capable uh, bilingual teachers. Mm -hmm. But yeah. some teacher uh, school they may have the vision say, I want our school. Uh, for example, uh, UWC, United World College. Mm -hmm. They try to create a small UN, so that they were still using the international teachers. You say small UN like the United Nations? Yes. Yes, we've already got one of those. <laughs> I wouldn't mind getting rid of that one. Um, we don't need any more. Uh, so, okay, very good points there, actually, to listen to. Heed Mr. Chu's warnings, uh, listeners, because yes, it does feed into what the actual objective, the business model is all about. We mentioned earlier, bilingual education isn't just something that happens in China. Mm -hmm. no. And in fact, in your experience in America, okay. there's immersive bilingual education happening there and, and also in my country. But America is, as it is for many things, is a leading nation. And so this is one where we look at it, and I've, we've done some research, it's very much, again, the forefront of bilingual education, certainly in the West. 200 schools, apparently, Mr. Chu, are adopting a bilingual approach uh, to education um, from New York all the way over, as I see here, to Kensington um, in London. Uh, they live and breathe Mandarin Chinese. Love this. Um, as well as the many of the cultural norms associated with language. Maybe they'll be making uh, dumplings and uh, drinking Chinese tea in the afternoon instead of tea and biscuits. Um, <laughs> And uh, it's, it's open to, it is free to 11 years old. They do, um, uh, apparently, like you said, uh, morning time would be English and afternoon would be Chinese yeah. or vice versa. It does see here, Europe is light years behind the United States. And again, what I just said, it comes to bilingual education. So you've seen it. Um, it's happening. Is bilingual education schools, are they the future of primary education? In and outside of China. Uh, outside of China? Yeah. I don't think there will be future, but there will be more. Because um, uh, I think a Western world doesn't really care about foreign language for many years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then if now, and after that, American, I think UK as well, um, they're thinking about the foreign languages are useful and also the 21st century and then they decided to do something. So the American do uh, Spanish, French, Japanese, Chinese and um, yeah those immerse, immersion program. So just like if you were the head of school or head of education minister you will say oh my education system need to teach foreign language which language you would like to offer. Mm. Right? You will mm. think about that. Yeah. I make a, my master dissertation about motivation to learn, English, uh, learn Chinese in Scotland area. I in <laughs> Sorry, 
He fell off my seat. Yeah. You know, no, not many people. I was going to say, yeah. How and what was the conclusion? <laughs> but there, there is a uh, Confucian Institute and a Confucius classroom in Scotland, Aberdeen. The local authority said, "We don't. How uh, say that? <laughs> we want to have something new. Wanted children to experience、mm-hmm. the different culture and the language." And then, but we don't have the budget for that. No, there you go. So,、uh, all those teachers' living expense or traveling expense is paid by Chinese government.、Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, I, what I want to say is, they're they're willing to try it. And then I ask them, why do you want to try?、Uh, the for the government authorities, they may think I want to offer something new. And then one who, I, but I don't have money. Who can pay for the things?、Mm-hmm. I just choose which one. Yeah, that's the government of、uh, officials' thoughts.、Uh, when I talk to the students, some school they offer different languages. They have word language department. Yeah.、Um, when they ask why you choose Chinese, why we choose a particular language,、um, they some someone will say I choose French or Spanish because it's easy to learn. They all about the letters. And then they will. They say, "I want to learn Chinese because the country is growing. I won't go there. I want to do business." That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So,、uh, turned out the result is eighty percent students who want to learn Chinese because Chinese becoming the second biggest economic entity. Oh, you better get the Confucius Institute over there ASAP to Aberdeen. Yeah, <laughs> that would be a Does they already、well, they expand?、Them. They need to expand,、yeah. get into these different places.、Uh, But that that's interesting. So well, there's no doubt、uh, Mandarin、yeah. spreading. I did French and German、mm-hmm. when I was at school. Yeah, and I wish I had Mandarin、mm-hmm. there as well. So different. I think again,、yeah. going back to that word diversity,、mm-hmm. I think it's a brilliant thing, and I hope more British schools、um, do adopt it. Conclusion. Bilingual students can freely wander between two different languages, learning systems, and cultures, which will ready them to learn more new things quickly and create a global person that will suit in the internationalisation wave. I think they're a good thing. Yeah, definitely agree this statement. Yeah. Okay. Well, one other thing before we leave: over the next fifteen years, Mr. Chu. The number of high-income residents in top-tier cities such as Beijing, Guangzhou, Shanghai, Shenzhen is expected to double.、Um, the number of families able to afford the tuition of schools like yours and mine are therefore going to increase rapidly and will continue to do so. So, for the near future, I mean, fifteen years, bar having another pandemic, of course,、um, because we could see one of those come in, the future looks pretty bright for. Bilingual education and people like yourself, right? Yeah, we can see that. But、uh, also, the public schools is growing and taking the space was belong to private schools. So I think the public school also learn from the bilingual education、mm. from the experiment. They may take the result of the experiment、mm-hmm. from the school like、uh, us. Yeah,、um, and it be cheaper. Yes, and I think the public school now. I already see some Shenzhen public school offer bilingual education free、wow. to a lot of students, and then they may not use a lot of like、uh, expat teachers. They use the bilingual local Chinese so,、yeah. teachers. 
So I think the government know that, and then um, those bilingual ideas, it they, they say it. So yeah. I think they were working on that, and then also for the teaching pedagogies, we are using a homeroom discussion, uh, encourage students innovative and critical thinking ways. They will all spend their money on that. Yeah. So the public schools will be the competitor. We are not a competitor. Mm. Yeah. Interesting point, nah, actually. I think the Chinese public school is doing really well and it's changed huge over decades. Mm. Uh, for Shenzhen, Beijing and Shanghai, those big cities will first, uh, firstly uh, to offer international characteristics mm. in the public school. Yeah, so, yeah good point. And International schools, as in the schools that can only accept non-Chinese passports, what do we think about the future of them, Mr. Chu? Because, again, if we look 10 years from now, I could see my hand slowly starting to drop. To drop? Um, from what I can see, things are tightening up, becoming more strict. I think there could be these international schools are almost like islands mm-hmm. where they can teach what they want and I don't know if that suits the current sentiment of where China's going what do you think about that? I haven't had any research about that Uh, but uh, I think from the demand I think in future I think there will be more foreigners will come to China for living Mm -hmm. or work Mm -hmm. their children need to go to school if they still think they want to keep their home country education the international school still have market. Mm. If one day come to China and they think the country's education is okay, it's good, um, I want the children to explore, explore the Chinese culture and language. For example, our friend, Sana, mm-hmm. would like to have their children in Chinese school. Okay. Shout out to Sana on the Chinese education. Yes, absolutely, good point, yeah. Yeah, I think um, they will decided to put their children in Chinese um, mainstream Chinese school. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the public school can offer um, the same quality like the private school, yeah. So yeah. I think those um, foreign friends will like to put their children in public school as well. Again, Mr. Chu, some very good points. I have enjoyed our talk today. Um, before we finish. Have you ever seen the BBC TV series? I'm sure some of the listeners would have. Mm. Um, it was called Are Our Kids Tough Enough? Yeah, I, I watched that. You've watched that? Yeah. Now, I would say anyone who hasn't watched it, please go and watch it, because I thought it was quite fascinating. Mm-hmm. And it, it was about some Chinese leaders came over to England, and they had a partnership with a school. I can't remember, the school might have been up north. I don't know. And they took over a part of the school, didn't they? Yeah. Taught in a Chinese way, like the Chinese curriculum, the Chinese style. And then they did their exams after that. So, I mean, half of the school carried on normal, doing it the, the British way. And then half of the school then took the exams after having the Chinese way. Mm-hmm. And the conclusions were that... The children who were in the Chinese stream got yes. better. Better exam Exam results. results. Right. But you were left with the dropping conclusion, were we not, that actually there were other things that they didn't get 
maybe that the other stream that weren't in the Chinese system did. And it left me with this kind of thing of, and I think it's where we are in the world today, and I want to end on a positive, is that with bilingual education, it really is about the plan, the experiment, the goal of the experiment is to get those best of both worlds together. Yes. Because that TV series showed us one thing, that we can learn from the, from the Eastern way of things and the East can learn from the Western way of things. Would, would you agree with that? Agree, agree. We both should learn. And then I like your point is the international education to bond the world together. Mm. Um, from We borrow and learn each other. Yeah, I think because we're also, we all nurture the next generation and the future of the world. Mm. Right? Well, let's hope we do um, more bonding and integrating than separating, right? Yeah. As we move forward. But yeah, thank you very much, Mr. Chu. And I hope at some point we can have you on again later on because it's a, an interesting journey. You're going to be taking on a new school. Mm-hmm. Um, and boy, you're going to have a lot of challenges. Um, yes. with the new school so I hope we can touch base again and go over to see how things are going yeah yeah um, I think we should keep in touch and then we share the working experience and then our teachers I think our teachers can can visit each other's school I think that's a marvelous idea yes so now I think we're even we're in the same area but uh, um, we all recruited want to recruit the students but we never be the teacher. The academic world shouldn't be competitors. Mm-hmm. We also we always work together and offer better education to the children. This is it. Yeah, that's a good mindset to have. Yes, let the marketing people, or the mission people, fight themselves. Do all that. Yeah. And yes, we that... always can work together. <laughs> Lovely. Well, on that note, Mr. Chu, thanks again, and um, thanks for listening, everyone. This is China Jedi people. <laughs> If you're an English-speaking teacher from anywhere in the world and you have a bachelor's degree but need an official and accredited teaching license to get a job, get a visa to teach abroad, or most importantly to learn all those things you wish you knew before you stood in front of 30-plus students, then reach now to Teach Now and secure a professional U.S. District of Columbia license in as little as nine months. Online in no time, low cost, high quality, Teach Now. Get in the game. Immediately receive a $100 discount of your tuition by signing up to the Teach Now program by the link www.teach-now.edu forward slash China Jedi. May the smile be with you.